hello and welcome to Shoot Talk. I'm Thomas coming to you from the studios of the Rock and Lazy P here in Nampa, Idaho, and I am so glad you're hanging out with me today. My guest for this episode is one of rodeo's best known and most loved can chasers, a lady with a big horse, big winds, and an even bigger heart. She took the rodeo world by storm in 2019 atop her superstar Sorrel Valor and hasn't let her foot off the gas since, either on the road or in the arena. I'm so happy to welcome to Shoot Talk today a professional barrel racer and four-time national finals rodeo qualifier from Minko, Oklahoma, Donna K. Rule. Donna K., how are you this morning? I'm good. It's so nice to talk to you. Sounds like it's uh, chilly over there in Oklahoma, you said, and it's chilly in Idaho, so we can just sit on the show today and commiserate. <laughs> yeah, I was say, <laughs> stay inside while we can. I've still got work to do out there, but this will work out good for the morning. <laughs> yep. Nasty and overcast here, cold, no fun. I'm kind of ready for rodeo season. Yeah, for sure. So I was looking up, uh, speaking of Idaho, and yes, I'm partial. I'm a homer here. I was looking up uh, to make sure that I got your introduction right as I was writing it, and something really popped out at me. And that was, in the list of your wins, you have Idaho Falls, Gooding, Preston, Burley, Caldwell, and Nampa. So you've done all right in the state of Idaho. Yes, Idaho loves me, and I love Idaho. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the the clips on YouTube, at, at Caldwell, that is. That crowd absolutely just goes nuts for you. you. You're a pretty big deal around here. Oh, well, I don't know why, but yeah, I, I've really enjoyed my time there. They're, everybody's been so helpful and made a lot of great lifetime friends there in Idaho due, due to this. Well, it's because you're a cool person who travels around with a, a cool horse. You're as well known as Valor is everywhere you go. So this horse came into your life a while back. Uh, some of these high-performance athlete horses can be really touchy and difficult to work with. But one thing I have fun uh, watching with you is just how friendly Valor is. He's not afraid to let kids pet him. What's it like being able to tote around a friend like that? Oh, Valor is, he is the kindest gilding I think I've ever had around. Uh, you were saying the friend thing, uh, the little kid thing. We were at San Antonio and the, they had the elementary schools coming through the area where we were warming up and he just could not take his eyes off of those kids. And we went to the edge so they could pet him and he just kept his head down and his eyes closed and he just, he just enjoys it. And he, he loves kids and he loves baby foals too. Some of those rodeos they'll bring those uh bucking horse colts with them and he just mm -hmm. loves them so yeah he's he is a really friendly i you know I've, I've spent a lot of time with him letting him know and giving him some confidence that that he's okay but for some reason he gravitates to the little people sure enough yeah it's pretty fun that was sort of an unexpected thing with valor wasn't it as i recall uh your other horse had an injury and for you it turned out to be a blessing in disguise right Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I was telling someone yesterday, I, Juice was the horse that got hurt. I, I don't know that I've ever loved a horse as deeply as I've loved Juice. And uh, so that was pretty devastating. But, uh, you know, you're right. There was something else in the plans for us. And uh, Juice survived and he still lives here. So that's good. Um, but yeah, Valor has definitely been a blessing to our family. Uh, how many times has he been AQHA Horse of the Year? He's been two-time uh, horse Twice, of the okay. year, and then he was second last year. 
He's just absolutely a, a rock star wherever you go. And one of my favorite things is like he never takes a bad photo. That guy is one of the most photogenic horses. And I, I appreciate the fact that he he works with me. I like to think that when he's out there doing his thing and you're with him, he works with me. <laughs> well, you're such an artist. You probably see it before anybody else sees it. But yeah, Valor, you know, Mr. Springer also says that Valor loves his photo. He will always poke his ears up for him. So yeah, but you two are both artists. So yeah, I got to give yourself some credit there. Well, and that's how I do approach my work is as an artist. I think there are a lot of different approaches that rodeo photographers take. Uh, I do have to say, I don't know if you remember this. It was in Walla Walla 2021. So I take the risky shots. I'll get my camera down in the dirt, something that I learned in film class. I'll do some crazy stuff to get, try to get a great artistic shot. And one particular shot there in Walla Walla, I took a risky shot and it did not work. It was bad. Valor from hip back, just it wasn't right. It wasn't right at all. <laughs> so I decided to just rotate the thing. So only half of the horse was in the, the shot, which you're not supposed to do. Uh, that, that's not how barrel racing photos are supposed to work. But I call that the uh, the Donna K edit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I definitely remember that. My uh, I drive to Colorado to a vet, uh, which, you know, cares for Valor. And she actually ordered a great big one of that in black and white. Uh, for her office so it's it's a beautiful shot very artistic I look terrible look like I'm falling off but Valor looks fabulous so great artistic shot of yours you'd be surprised how many people say the same thing to me man my horse looks great but I look like and they pick apart all these little little details like that how does that make you feel when you walk into your veterinarian's office out of town out of the area even and there you two are up on the wall looking down at everybody Oh, it makes me proud as punch. That that horse is incredible. You know, I've I've ridden and trained barrel horses my whole life, my whole life. And I've had a very long life so far at 65. I'm still at it. But, you know, seeing him look as cool as he does is, is uh, just satisfying. And the other thing about that is, you know, my dad used to laugh and say, my goodness, Don, okay, look at your face. And I'll be like, Dad, I'm busy. <laughs> I'm busy. So, yeah, I'm proud and I was busy trying to stay on and keep going. <laughs> okay, so you've given Valor lots of credit here. When are you going to give yourself a little credit? Because it takes the two of you to to get the job done. I like the fact that you're a little nitpicky about things because it means you're detail-oriented. When you're detail-oriented, you're going to find all the things that fix, and that's what creates greatness. So when you ask people about the greats in barrel racing world right now, one of the first names that's going to come up is Donna K. Rule. So when are you going to give yourself a little bit of credit for the work that you've put into this? Well, you know, if you give yourself credit, you kind of start relaxing and think you've got it. But, you know, I don't know that I'll ever live long enough to know everything I need to know. So, you know, yeah, I've been able to listen and understand and try to uh, create a confident, mindful horse. But if I ever relax and get on my laurels and think I've got this, uh, I, I might miss something. So... I don't really want to do that. I, I want to know as much as I know, and I'm afraid I might not ever get there. You know, I don't care what it is I do in life. If I take it seriously, I'm always going to be a student of it, whether it's photography, whether it's rodeo, music, any of the things I do. The second I become satisfied enough in it to not continue to pursue it and pursue the next thing, it's probably just time to do something else. I agree with that. I truly do. You know, we, we get tired, and, you know, I notice as I've aged, I get tired 
easier, but uh, I, I never lose the thirst for knowing more. It's, it just drives you. So uh, one thing that I was wondering about, so I have these conversations with barrel racers all the time, uh, and most of them trailer a few horses around the country because of the challenges of different arenas and what that provides. What are the challenges of just having one horse going from town to town, place to place? Well, that can be argued probably both ways. Um, if you have three in the trailer, you're never 100% sure which one you need to run. And, and often you think, oh, I should have run the other one. So it <laughs> removes that for sure. Um, but, you know, I on my early process of training, I try to teach a horse to understand what I need from him, whether it's to stand up and hold an inside leg up where I want him, or if I can just pitch it to him, let him make his own decision or if I need to slow him down or speed him up based on how the ground conditions are. Um, so hopefully when I put the foundation in, uh, you know, I can, I can go to any kind of pin on a single horse. So, um, but there are challenges. He's, he's not as good on the firmer ground. And um, maybe, I don't know if he's not as good or maybe I'm not as good, but uh, it's, it's been a challenge occasionally, but, for the most part, I, I know exactly what I have and exactly what I need to do. So that's that's helpful, having only one. Uh, one of my younger rodeo queens asked me the other day, she barrel races and, and wants to barrel race professionally. You having trained enough great barrel horses and, and having one under you now, a, a question she was discussing with me was whether you really need a high-dollar horse to make it as a professional barrel racer uh what would your take on that be well that's a tough one to answer um i think in the past no you probably just needed to work on your horsemanship more than anything at all but i feel like we've advanced and there are so many tough well-trained horses the answer for a person that has limited budget is to buy the best you can afford and I really feel like we have to have race horses now where I used to only like a, a half race, half cowbred because they were so athletic and mm -hmm. um, so strong. But, but I think now in this climate that we're in currently, you, you kind of need to have a race horse and that's, that's a whole different training process. Valor actually is the first one I've had. That's been a pure race horse, but it, it's taken that. So buy the best you can afford and just do the best you can and improve your horsemanship would be my, First suggestion. It's interesting because now we have these uh, programs where you, you go to a jackpot and you hear the same basic names called out in different varieties all over. We know the Frenchmen's, we know the judges, we know the, you know, these main uh, breeding lines and they're starting to command higher money simply because it seems like that's a more reputable horse. You know, it, it's a, the reputation precedes it. So it's very interesting to see uh, how the barrel horse has changed over the last few years, even to the point where now, you know, we're seeing, I don't, I don't remember seeing many grays running at big time rodeos when I was younger. And now we see a, a couple of grays making huge strides in professional rodeo and, and in professional barrel racing. Oh yeah, for sure. The Epic leaders and the judge cash and I can't remember all the rest of the grays. I, I used to be good at that. I'm not as good as I used to be following it. But, you know, you don't have to buy the flavor of the month. You can do your research on the AQHA line or the uh, all breed pedigrees and find horses that have good speed indexes that are not in those quote unquote incentive uh, programs and save a little bit of money and still have a nice horse under you. So 
Research and horsemanship are your friend. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, I was just actually thinking about, um, it kind of made me laugh a little. Last year during the calf roping slack at Nampa, your buddy and mine, Tuff Cooper, rode over to kill some time during a redraw. And I had not met his new gray horse yet. You know, I was talking a little bit about him and, and he laughed and he, uh, he said, you know what they say, if you can't get a good horse, get a gray horse. And so, you know, we had a, a little <laughs> bit of a chuckle about that, but here's, what's the funniest thing about him. I don't know if you're aware of it. 15 minutes later, he comes out and sets the arena record during slack on that horse. Well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> oh, stick, stick that one in the, in the, for what it's worth department. That horse yep. definitely fits tough Cooper very well. Oh, yeah. It's like the two are, are made for each other. He's a good horseman, you know, and he's going to make the best of any situation. And he's had some great ones. Topaz, what a what an amazing horse. Yes, I agree with you for sure. So let's talk about getting into rodeo for you. One of the things when you and I met up with Tuff together, you were talking saddles, of course, because this is something that you've done for a long time. So you actually made saddles with your husband for the national finals rodeo. Uh, what's it like going from building those thinking this would just be for other people and now with the idea that whoever's bringing saddles to whichever NFR you're at, you might have an opportunity to take one? Well, uh, we did make them for 10 years. And my husband and I had a saddle shop in Oklahoma City called National Saddlery. Uh, we sold it in 2009 and he was there from 1976 forward and then we actually bought it together in 1980. So we had it a very, very long time. And, uh, that was John's forte was fitting horses. In fact, Tuff's dad, Roy, um, you know, tried to get John to make several saddles and, and definitely won a couple of his. So, so having a saddle fit your horse, you know, is about hat like a runner having a pair of shoes that fit them right. Everything needs to fit properly. And then not only does John do a fit for the horse, but then he can shape the seat to fit the body. So, for instance, a, a man doesn't have to have as narrow of a seat as a woman does because they're just built differently no matter the size so there's a lot to it there's a lot to a custom saddle so and i definitely ride one john made me one for juice actually so um, i still ride it on valor because it fits him well also well i would hope if you uh, are married to a custom saddle maker that you'd have a custom saddle also i hope you have some bronze around because the man does some amazing bronze work oh my gosh he is incredible you know, I've been married to John for 43 years, and I never get tired of watching and seeing the art just pour out of him. Um, he's got like five monument sizes, bronze sculptures, some within Oklahoma City and one at Grapevine, Texas. Yeah, he's incredible. He's just a he's just an artist to the core. Yeah, you sent me a photo of something he did. I, I posted a photo of a bucking horse, and you sent me... Uh, an image oh, yeah. of one that he had done. Yeah. And so I like the first thing I did was just Google his name and look at all his work. And it's, it's just outstanding. The, the, the detail, but also there's a sort of a rawness to it as well. that so well depicts like the toughness of the West. Yeah. Yeah. He's incredible. Yes. I'd forgotten that photo you had of that bronc and the, then the young man was off of the bronc and the, the sculpture nearly mimics that. Yeah, so, yeah was, that was cool as heck. I'd forgotten all about that. Yeah, that, that was that was pretty crazy. So if you want to see some cool stuff for anybody listening, uh, Google John Rule and look up his bronze work. It's it's absolutely wonderful. You will not uh, you will not regret looking at it. It's quite enjoyable. 
Oh, I might add some. It's all for sale, too. <laughs> oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah, it, it can we'll put, be purchased. <laughs> we will put a plug in for that. I, I love supporting other artists. So yep, shamelessly uh, by, plugging. Yep. <laughs> that's what we do here. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so we've gotten to the point where we've built saddles for the NFR to now running in the NFR. Is it fair to say that last December didn't work out for you the way you hoped it would? Yeah, last December was really, really difficult. Um, and I didn't put it out there just because I, I couldn't deal with all the questions. But my husband had a stroke right before the NFR and consequently couldn't go with me to Las Vegas. It just wasn't going to work for him. Uh, my son was home and stayed with him and checked on him. So my daughter came and helped me. And uh, my first run at the NFR, my horse slipped pretty badly. And in the fourth mm -hmm. run, he slipped pretty badly and, and he ran sore all week. So there were quite a few factors that, that didn't work out for me this year. So, you know, you just go home, rebuild and start over is, is the best you can do. I, I was pretty sure that would be how you would finish your statement there is uh, we start over. So we're going to take a fresh approach to, to 2023. What are your, some of your goals for this year as you put your season together? I want to be better at a couple of places I was not better at. I need to really focus on what I'm doing. I've, my husband's improving enough that I feel like I can go and focus. And, you know, he really, really wants me to go. You know, how many times in your life are you going to get this horse and this opportunity? So mm. I'll, I'll definitely be back to Idaho. And I'll definitely be back to Calgary and uh, hopefully, hopefully go out with a bang and, and uh, keep it all together. Well, one thing's absolutely for sure and certain, and that is no matter where you go, and I'm going to put you on the spot here, Donna Kay. You have become an absolute star. One of my proudest things that happened to me over the course of the last couple years, and this really hit me, was when the editor of your local paper, the Minko Millennium, messaged me to ask if they could use a photo that I took for your newspaper. I was just so proud to see that. Uh, wherever you go, the autograph lines are long. Wherever you are in the lot, people want to say hi to you. People want to meet Valor. So you've gone from being a, a, a trainer in somewhat obscurity to becoming a star. And now, again, I'm putting you on the spot. You're a role model to so many. You're so well-loved by the rodeo community, by young women barrel racers, by contestants, by committees. I can't remember if I sent this to you or not, but actually the I'm the rodeo queen coordinator for a local rough stock rodeo. My queen last year in her farewell speech as she was riding around the arena listed as one of her highlights that she got to meet Donna K. Rule. So talk to me a little bit about what it's like. You have to recognize, I hope, the position that you have now in rodeo world as an inspiration to others, as a model to others, but on such a widespread scale. Uh, how does that strike you when you, uh, when you have a quiet moment to reflect on where you've come? Well, I've, I've found out that I'm not as invisible as I think I am. So um, <laughs> By no that means. was kind of a shocker. <laughs> you know, that was a shocker. Uh, going to a 7-Eleven and getting a bottle of water and, and getting attacked, you know, is uh is quite a shocker but uh you know as a as a mother and a grandmother and a horse trainer i hope that what people can take away is to be kind to each other 
and do your best and know that you're doing your best. And um, if it goes poorly, correct it and do what you can. And if it goes really well, be kind. You know, that's, uh, I want that out there regardless. And um, if it invades my privacy a little bit, then that's God's will that I, that I share goodness and kindness with others. Be kind is such a simple simple expression, but it's so profound. I, I genuinely believe that kindness is one of humanity's greatest strengths, even though it's frequently seen as a weakness. Yes, it is often seen as a weakness. You know, my dad always told me, don't show no weakness, but always show kindness. And I've never forgotten that. And I think that's so important. I and mean, it's missed often in somebody's speech occasionally, but they need to know that kindness and, and weakness. Well, I hope that you know that your kindness is well-known and well-regarded. It is something that people speak of. Uh, I can speak of it for myself, and I can I can say this. You are absolutely an inspiration to me as, as someone who's not a kid anymore, who just over this last year, since last May, at the age of 45, has really found uh, the purpose that God has given me in life. And it's just an inspiration for me to to watch you do what you do and have the goals that you set and, and the hard work. I, I appreciate that so much about you. Well, that's really sweet. I, I appreciate your art too. So we're, we're, we're leveling here, aren't we? <laughs> All right. Mutual fan club. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So there's one thing uh, that I ask every guest. So I'm going to ask you today, and that's just this, what's one thing that you wish people really knew about rodeo, whether it's a, a misconception or maybe just something that you'd like folks to to know that they might not know. One thing about rodeo or, or barrel racing that you would just like people to be aware of in general. Well, if you don't know, uh, you think that we just go out there and want to win money at the cost of anything. And that's not the truth. Uh, whether you raise bucking horses or bucking horse bulls, or you train barrel horses or rope horses, it's all about the horse. And it's all about, uh, treating the animals correctly. And then the, I guess the, the underlying part of that is it takes years of hard work and dedication to be good at it. So um, it's not just the highlight reel you see on Facebook. There's a, there's a lot to it. And it's the history of it. You know, we have to maintain our forefathers and our Western lifestyle. I think that's key to our, our whole being with mm -hmm. the uh, agricultural community and uh, groceries don't just come from the grocery store. So there's a lot to it. I wonder how many people understand what goes into not just the time from when you get into the eye until you get back out of the eye, but what goes into being a barrel racer and putting on that, just that one run for them. Thomas, there's probably not very many. And there's honestly not, there's some that are barrel racers that don't put the time in and don't realize what it takes. So you, you've got an excellent point there. It's, uh, it's a lifelong dedication. Yeah, it is. Do you have a piece of advice that you would pass along to maybe younger barrel racers? 100% work on horsemanship, not just barrel racing. Learn other disciplines. Learn how to ride. If you look at Cassie Mowry. She came out of the dressage world. So my advice is to hone your horsemanship at all costs. Well, folks, there's your advice. And if you're going to take it from anybody... You should take it from Donna K. Rule. So that's that. <laughs> Donna K., thank you so much for coming on, for making a little time to, to come and sit and chat. Thoroughly enjoyable. And I'm looking forward very much to seeing you on Rodeo Road this year. 
Well, thank you. And thanks for having me. I, I always enjoy your work as well. So thanks for having me. All right. Friends, if you want to help make this show the best that it can be, I wonder if you'd recommend it to your friends on social media. Maybe drop a link to an episode you like. Let them know where to find us. You can also leave a review. You can consider becoming a sponsor of the show, and you can help promote rodeo and rodeo photography by purchasing your prints or a copy of my book, Beyond the Tiara, Real Life Rodeo Queens. All that is available at tduncanphoto.com. And while you're on the internet, maybe go look for some of John Rule's bronze work as well. Folks, though, I would have you remember this, if nothing else, that there are no surplus people on Earth, and you are here for a reason. You're important, loved, valued, and necessary. We weren't put on Earth to ride alone, so if you do one thing, please let it be this. Take care of each other. I'm Thomas, and this is Shoot Talk. (laughs) 